Welcome to the Recruiting Gym Podcast, the home of recruitment learning. Today, we're interviewing Konstanty Slavrovsky. Oh, I struggle with sort of Hungarian, Polish, Eastern European names. Uh, but we're going to be talking about uh, how to manage remote teams because Konstanty has been doing that for years. But more importantly, Konstanty's business specializes in relocating technical talent from around the world into Germany. And so he's been managing virtual recruitment processes, encouraging and getting candidates to take jobs when they've never met the client and they haven't seen the workplace for years. And so we're all learning that. And so today we're going to learn from Constanti. So here we are at the podcast. We're interviewing Constanti. Constanti is an expert at managing remote teams, but also managing virtual recruitment processes where candidates take jobs even though they've never met the client or been to the client site. We're all learning those skill sets. So, hello, Constanti. How are you? I'm all right. You know, you've got the distinct sounds of Peppa Pig in the background, but, you know, that's the world we live in right now. Thanks um, all. Thanks all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, with, with, you know, jokes aside, that is, that is kind of the challenge that we have right now. Yeah. And, and we are working with, um, with a situation that is very unusual for, for a lot of us. Uh, now, now my company case has been in, in this situation before in a way, because we've been, uh, we've got a team that is distributed. It's, I call it a hybrid team. So we've got part of the team that is based in an office. Yeah. And then we've got um, about half the team that is distributed in various locations uh, around yeah. Europe. You specialize in, in tech talent in Berlin. Is that right? Yes, we specialize in, in tech talent. Actually, there's, there's four niches that we work in um, within tech. And ultimately, we, we relocate because the, the talent pool uh, here is, is relatively shallow. Um, and there is, Berlin's been, been very busy um, over, over the last few years. And that busy has, has required a lot of relocation. So at the moment, we're probably relocating roughly around 80% of the talent that we place. Fantastic. And by relocating, I, I don't mean just relocating from within the EU, but also, also, also globally, also from very far afield. Fantastic. And so, so the challenges that we're faced at the moment with the COVID sort of pandemic is that lots of recruiters that are used to relying on face-to-face contact between them and candidates, but also between candidates and clients are in situations where they're just wondering, like, will a candidate accept a job when they've never met the client? Uh, will a candidate accept a job when they've never seen when, when they've never seen the office? Yes, they will. But a big part of the job becomes about bridging the gap. You right. know, uh, so there is, um, you know, in any recruitment process, you would. Uh, try and manage the risks um, that, that come with that recruitment process. But when you're managing a remote recruitment process, those risks are higher. It, it's right. just part of the, part of the game. Yeah? Okay. So what are some of the, uh, what are some of the additional risks that, that recruiters need to be aware of when they're managing a truly virtual recruitment process? Well, let's, let's start with the obvious one and that's work permits. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, there, you do need to start understanding the, the legal ramifications of obtaining work permits, for example. So we know that work permits in Germany can be more easily obtained for uh, certain profiles with a certain educational background from certain schools right. rather than 
people that don't have higher education, for example, or did not go to a accredited school, a, a school that is accredited by the Ger German government as one that they would right. like to take people. So I guess into. that impacts your sourcing strategy as well, doesn't it? In terms, of it does impact the sourcing strategy for for sure. Um, it it also. Um, It also impacts how you represent the candidates to, to employers, potential employers, because uh, some employers are more open to working with people where they're going to have more hurdles to overcome. Um, and, and some employers are, are not open to that. And this also, you know, how you onboard jobs, um, you need to start asking those questions. You need to understand those questions, right? Um, but... You know, relocation now—it's um, becoming less of a less of a thing because we can't travel. Yeah. Um, so okay, so let's so focus on on other on other aspects, and that is um, how do you um, how do you ensure that someone um, accepts uh, accepts an offer at an employer that that they've okay. never met in person, right? So um, let's stop you there for a second, Constanti, because I guess the. So the, the, the relocation piece is great. So I think if we work through the recruitment process, it'd be great to sort of understand, first and foremost, how do you prepare a client to interview virtually? Uh, because remember, a lot of clients are, are interviewing virtually for the first time. Uh, and how do you prepare the candidate differently than you might for a face-to-face -face conversation? Well, um, <laughs> um Sometimes it boils down to um, such basics as uh, face the interview as if it was an in-person interview. Um, so be dressed appropriately, be in a place where um, you're not going to have the dirty laundry hanging behind you um, or, um, you know, use actually the opportunity that you are interviewing via video to uh, give yourself some uh, some help you know you can you can have your cv printed out in front of you you can have a computer screen in front of you that has information about the company um you can uh have some notes prepared that you can bring into the interview uh you can you can have some bullet points you can um you can have a sheet of questions that you want to ask your your clients so using the fact that uh you're speaking with someone that doesn't see what's in front of you on the desk. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you can use that. You can, right, uh, that. so, so you, so, and do you, are those, do you give a candidates a checklist or is that just part and parcel of what the consultants go through with candidates to sort of help, help make sure they perform well? Well, you, you always need to prepare candidates, um, before an interview, you need to make sure they're going to show up to that interview. Um, but in, in this day and age, you also need to make sure that their, their mindset is correct. And a lot of people are going to feel uncomfortable about interviewing in, uh, um, via video because ultimately they're bringing someone they don't know into, um, into their home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so talking with people and, and discussing about how they can manage their space, how they can manage their time around it does become an does become an issue you know right okay so that's and i think i think there's some things i hadn't thought of there but, but in short just from just helping candidates perform well like have notes having the information on the company on the screen uh make sure your sort of pants aren't hanging behind you uh be dressed uh, appropriately so and from a client perspective how do you 
help a client perform in those interviews because they are uh, they're busy. Uh, they're they're, bi- they're they're going to be busy probably doing the same thing from home as well. How do you prepare clients for those virtual interviews? So we are we're in the lucky position that um, by far the majority of our clients have uh, part of their process as a a remote process as a as a video conference or, or as, a, as a phone call so they are um used to this situation they're comfortable with this situation what we are doing right now is you know when we take a briefing from a client we also do look at uh what their process is what their hiring process is what are the steps that candidates will need to take we're now going back to these clients and we're reviewing what that process is with in the new ramifications within the new reality. So, okay, so normally you would have a face-to-face meeting here or normally you would have a panel interview here. How do you do that? You know, have you thought about that? How, um, how does that impact your, your decision? Uh, It's also a conversation with clients that we're having about, right. You know, part of a big part of interviewing people is getting a feel for them like getting a feel for, for the chemistry. Yeah, we, we hear that a lot. Can we pause for a second? <clears throat> yes. That chemistry piece, we're gonna, I think it's a topic of conversation in itself. That's so, a whole, that's yeah, a whole. Yeah, so we, we, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm stopping you. So, so, so what you're doing at the moment and, and you do, every new client is, is all talk through their existing process and then discuss how you can replicate that bit of the process that would be face-to-face online. How we can best replicate that. Um, or if there's any questions that we need to ask there um, in order to to elicit a similar response that you would be able to more naturally elicit within a face-to-face meeting. And what do you do when there's maybe multiple stakeholders involved in a, in a second interview or a final interview stage? You work around it. Um, I mean... Uh, you, you can you can zoom conference you can you can google meet uh, with with multiple people okay, okay. Um, for us a big question is you know how do you work around uh, for example doing a whiteboarding challenge um, on on a screen okay yeah um, how um, and yeah chemistry is another big one how do you elicit chemistry when it's not a face to face so I guess one of the opportunities that does come with uh, if maybe they might not be able to do a whiteboarding exercise, but they could, for instance, share some of their gits in GitHub, or they could do a screen share of some of the work that they've done in the past. And, 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 and I guess that, that, that represents almost an upside where managers can see how someone would think through a particular problem if they were sort of shared, if they were shown a bit of code or uh, shown a situation. Yeah. And you can do a you can do a screen share. You can do a pair coding exercise. Um, there's there's ways around it. You know, there's if there's a will, there's a way, right? Yeah. The the point of this is that you need to have this discussion with your clients uh, ahead of schedule, ahead of the interview, because if a client goes into a virtual interview with the same mindset and and with the same idea of running an interview as they would with a face to face interview. Uh, they're going to come out uh, disappointed because ultimately they're not going to be able to get the same amount of uh, information. They're not seeing the person, and they're not in the same room, so so they, right. they don't have the they don't have that contact. So you're so, so I mean, uh, 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 an example of this actually, I, I can I can give a recent example of this is where 
we had a we had an interview recently and a client was uh was disappointed in the interview because they didn't feel that um that the candidate was a, a right uh, a right fit in terms of technology in terms of their their experience because they were unable to uh connect properly right you know um and we managed to talk with the client and say look how did you interview them well i interviewed them exactly the same way i would when i'd meet them for a coffee which is that stage of interview said yeah. well try this and let's run the interview again but let's let's run it as a virtual interview let's think about how we what questions we need to ask in a virtual interview to to get the same responses that you're looking for and the second interview went went really so what well sort of thing, what extra things did you get that client to do then or questions did you get them to ask well we um we got them to um work with the candidates on a shared screen yeah. right um there were a few architectural things that they needed to discuss yeah so providing a space where the candidate could uh could draw and and could explain on a visual basis yeah um we also uh requested that the candidate prepare certain uh certain things before the interview because they were going to be happening in the interview yeah and and that enabled the, the candidate to give a presentation to the client and ask certain questions and move the conversation in a certain direction that so was already predetermined. So I think what I like about that is that it, there's a little more work on the upfront side from candidates and clients because one, both have got to prepare uh, in that sense. But actually, you'd almost argue that's a better representation of the organization and giving the candidate an opportunity to demonstrate their skill sets than a 20-minute chat face-to-face -face where it's all spontaneous. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a, um, you know, there is an opportunity here and that is an opportunity for uh, better preparation for interviews, both from the candidate side and the client side. Yeah. And there needs to be, you, you're not just whacking those interviews out as a client or as a candidate. Um, yeah. You need to think, okay, so new scenario, how do I represent my skills properly in this? And have you produced documentation that you give to clients as examples of exercises? So they can sort of say, this is, this is how it's different or this is how you need to work in order to get more from the process. There are certain, um, there are certain processes that we, uh, we have learned over time are, are better suited for remote interviewing. Um, we don't have documentation about it. However, it is a, it is a conversation that we have with, uh, with clients, you know, when we talk about their process, um, you know, have you thought of moving your process this direction or this direction? I think, I think what I like about it is that knowing that it's going to be less good, you've got to be more conscious in making it a really effective meeting where I think day to day, I think it's really easy for recruiters to sort of fall into the trap of thinking, well, I'm meeting face to face, they'll work it out. Uh, we're actually doing the same level of diligence in a virtual meeting. If you replicated that face to face, I imagine your sort of interview to placement ratio would, would, would soar. Who said that it has to be less good? I'm actually going to greatly disagree with you on that. Right, okay. Because, uh, yes, face-to-face -face is, is great and, and it is easier to do, the, to do the chemistry part of it. However, virtual by, by design requires a different level of preparation and forethought. Uh, it also requires that you have um, additional information 
Um, and virtual interviews can actually be much more telling, um, maybe not with regards to chemistry, but with regards to experience, knowledge, adaptability than a face-to-face interview is. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I think, I think the caveat to all of this is that you need to have a good relationship with your client. Like they, they, you need to be able to have, like you, this doesn't work if you're just putting a CV on a portal or you're just, you're, you're distant from the client and you're just sending CVs. You have to have a two-way relationship with that client. Well, you need to have a good relationship with the client and you need to have a relationship with the candidate so that you can manage the risks. See, with, with remote recruiting, the, the, the big thing is knowing the risks. You know, every candidate that, that we present, we also look at what risks there are. You know, this could be relocation risk. This could be activity on the market. This could be um, compensation. This could be notice period. This could be, you know, <clears throat> work permits. This could be family situation. All of a sudden, you know, you're dealing with, uh, with family situations, especially now, you know. So how do you manage those? How do you manage those risks virtually? Well, sometimes you can't manage those risks, but you need to know about those risks. You need to know what those risks are, yeah. And you you work through those risks at every step of the way. You have to keep very close to your candidates. So, you know, you have one conversation with them, but then you need to speak to them before the first interview. Speak to them after the second interview. Speak to them before the second interview. Speak to them after the second interview, and so on and so forth. And at every step, you you need to be discussing those risks. So, hey, you know, we we know that that your husband was uh, um, was was not in a in a position to to do a relocation or was not. Uh, particularly supportive of a job change in the current situation. How's that going? Have you had that conversation? Um, you know, has anything changed since we last discussed? Uh, is there anything that we can do? Is there any information we can provide that will be able to help mitigate that risk or, or help move that conversation in the right direction? Yeah? Yeah. And you need to be having those conversations consistently on repeat. Yeah, because if you don't, what's going to happen is, uh, you know, you get to an offer stage and uh, you're going to find out, oh, they haven't discussed this with their spouse and the spouse said no. <laughs> and, I, uh, you know, I, you, you, you laugh at that, but it, 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 it happens. It's, it's, sometimes it's those basic things where, like, at the first stage, you've got to be like, especially if it's relocation, like, how does your wife feel about or how does your husband feel about moving to Germany from Brazil? Uh and and I uh, I know I love working with a client and they had someone they shared a situation where they had a deal that had been dragging on for like four months, five stages of interviews, and the candle got offered, and they went, "Yep, uh, let me just go and talk to my wife about it. She doesn't know yet." And you're like, "I see the like the managing director was just literally just stabbing themselves, going, how did we get to that point?' Because it was like a thirty grand fee. So yeah, can, uh, can you? Well, it's a thirty grand fee, but can you imagine the amount of time you wasted on that? Oh, it's not even worth and you're leaving it, and you're leaving it just to chance ultimately. What, uh, what 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 objections do you get from candidates to accepting jobs when they've never physically met the client or they've never seen? What sort of objections do you get about that chemistry? Because uh, that's a big topic as well. Um, well, it can be everything from I haven't met the team. You know, yes, I've spoken with them, but I haven't met them. I haven't gone for a beer with them or I haven't had lunch with them. Okay. To I've never seen the city, you know, or I've, I've heard that it's very difficult to 
I don't know, find an apartment or find a spot in a kindergarten. And um, our response to that is is ultimately preparation. We've uh, we've we've built out a rather chunky relocation guide that covers everything from um, getting getting an apartment through to how do you get your kids in the kindergarten and who you need to call and yeah, so okay. on. Um, we also most of our clients have because they are relocating. They also have um, people within the business that are able to. Um, hold hold the hands of candidates through through this process. If companies don't have that, we also have partners that we work with um, that that are capable of doing that. So but you- I actually, I wanna I wanna actually go back a little bit because right now you're talking about relocation from Brazil to Germany or UK or you know. But the 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 challenge right now is also that people are going to be questioning whether whether it is the right time to make a move i mean ultimately the world is in the stage that it is at right now and uh there's going to be a lot of conversations of hey i'm in a safe place right now as an employee um yes they might furlough me or yes they might put me on quarterbyte but you know they're they're not going to fire me i'm in a safe place is this the right time to be changing jobs and putting myself in a probationary period yeah. And that is a risk that we also need to need to manage and we also need to well be empathetic to to people um because it's it's a challenging time for them. Yeah. And uh yes, the market will bounce back, but no one knows when. Um so or how far. Or how far, yeah. So um it is one of those risks that we need to talk through. Uh, Are you getting candidates. any hesitancy from candidates in the conversations you're having at the moment? Yes, of course. Of course. I mean we uh we we had someone back out over the weekend, you know, it's not the right time for me, it's not um it, it's it's just too uncertain. Okay. Yeah. How do you and is it, how do you ov- overcome that? What um yeah, I mean what is it something the client has to do? How, how does that tend to what, what, what solutions are you working on? Well, um, first of all, we, we need to find out what the, what the reasoning is. Um, you know, is it just uncertain situation? Okay. So what does the situation need to be um, for, for this to, to happen? Um, we also get candidates to realize that, you know, this isn't going to go on forever. And a, and a hiring process, in, in our case, can, can take anything from four to nine weeks, you know, by the time we get to the end of the process, chances are the world is going to look very, very differently than what it does right now. So that does not prevent them from, uh, from starting in an interview process. It does not prevent them from uh, engaging with the company. Right. But the, the flip side of that is that you need to make the client aware of this situation. Hey, the candidate's interested, but has concerns with regards to the current situation. We would recommend that you discuss this in an interview. We would uh, recommend that you have an open conversation about how you can overcome this because yes, once the world is back to, you know, closer to normality, that person's ready to make the jump. But what I I like about that, Constanti is that you've got the courage to tell a client the candidate isn't jumping off their seat to join them. I think a lot of recruiters feel like clients want someone like desperate to join them. And so 
say like we're actually if you say you know what they're a bit uncertain you're going to need to make sure you tell them how your job is stable or how your how this role is secure in in what's going to come over the next six months uh, i think you're insane as a recruiter if you don't have that conversation with with your clients okay as as recruiters our job is not to present people that we find on a job board okay our clients can do that very well on their own our job is to uh look for candidates and engage with candidates that otherwise wouldn't be speaking uh, with our clients and bring those candidates to, to a conversation with our clients. You know, that's, that's our job. Um, we shouldn't be relying on, on job applications. That's, that's just the easy way out. Right. Yeah. Um, but in that, it also means that we are bringing uh, mainly passive candidates to, to clients. And if we're not managing the risks and not informing clients that, that these candidates are passive and these are their concerns and this is what they should be discussing with them during interviews, then we're missing a trick. Yeah. And so, if, so it strikes me, Constanti, that, that what, what, what you're talking about in terms of the difference between a normal recruitment process that we might do in a virtual one is just a much finer attention to detail you've got to make sure you actively talk to clients about the challenges or the motivation levels of the candidate. You've got to work harder to make sure the assessment of the interview is more robust and, and isn't just what they would do face-to-face -face online. It, it almost sounds like you're earning your money as a recruiter, Constanti. Yeah, strange that, right? We're not just crazy, sending profiles. Crazy, crazy. I, I yeah. often talk about how Recruiters, especially in, in, in sort of the, where, where you're working with local candidates and, and a client's perception is recruiters are just a CV machine. Uh, that, that, that recruiters just think their job is to provide CVs and get candidates. We're actually a large part of our value as a recruiter is actually managing the recruitment process and making sure it's a fair assessment of that candidate and supporting the client, making that as painless as possible. Uh, and that's what you seem to be telling me is you earn as much of your money from managing, getting the candidate through the process and the client through the process as you do finding the candidate. And it's not only about managing the, the client here. It's also about managing the, the candidate and, and doing so with, uh, with quite a bit of empathy and understanding. You know, as a, you know, as a, as a recruiter, as someone that works with, with people, I think that we can probably honestly hammer in deals yeah we can we can make it happen um however we shouldn't that's a huge responsibility we've got a responsibility for for people's livelihoods we've got a responsibility for for people's um families in a way we've got a responsibility for their careers um we we need to know when we need to step back we also need to understand the risks so that we know when to step back and we also need to understand the risks so that we can uh, successfully manage a conversation between our clients and our candidates so that they are fully aware of each other's situation, each other's needs, and um, make sure that it is, it is the right match. Well, you don't have a 100% match, but you're aiming for at least an 80% match. Yeah, okay. and, and we need to take that responsibility a lot more seriously. And actually working in the current situation, because we have to go into more detail, because by, by just the simple need of the situation, we have to go into, um, into more um, information about candidates uh, and clients, 
and how people work. Uh, we're in a better position to, to do that. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, to be fair, we could just record that eulogy, that, that monologue at the end there, Constanti, and that should be a, that should be a, a mantra for every, every recruiter. Uh, we've only got a few more minutes left. And what I wanted to do is just, obviously you run a business, you've all, you've run a hybrid or a sort of half virtual team for a long time. What would your, what would your tips be to business owners that are managing people remotely for the first time? Keep close to people, make, make a lot of time both for the team and uh, for the individuals on the team. What does, that, what does that mean though, in terms of the things that you're doing every day? So every day, uh, we start our day every day by, uh, by having a morning coffee call. And that morning coffee call is an emotional check-in. Yeah, it, is, it is not, hey, what are you going to do today? It is, how are you feeling today? What, what is your one-word one feeling for the day? One what are you grateful like for? Um, what, what is your intention for the day on a personal level? It's not about work. Okay. Yeah? Based on based on that, um, we're able to see where people are in in their minds, and and you know people are some people are coping very well with the situation of being cooped up at home. Other people are not coping very well with it. As as a manager, as a business owner, as an employer, you need to be there for your people, and you need to support them. Um, you need to communicate with them, and you need to communicate a lot more with them. Um, your communication needs to be a lot more um, direct um, and uh, you need to be a lot more empathetic uh, or empathetic, sorry, um, to, to people um, because it is an unusual time. Um, so I spent, I spent a good chunk of my time checking in on my people and making sure that they are, they are okay. Um, and making sure that they they understand that we are all in this together, and okay. uh, that so what would you, what would you do if you they're not under you know they're not in in a in a situation of risk that us as an employer will take care of them no matter what. So what do you what, what do you do when you because I've heard spoken to a few managers and they're like I just think my people are at home and they're not working very hard. Uh, what? what? No, they're working really hard. <laughs> I, I trust my team, okay? If you don't trust your team, then you've set it up wrong. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, I trust my team to, to do the best thing um, for, for us, okay? Um, if, you, if you take care of your people, your people will take care of you. And if you, if you don't trust them to do their work, then the problem is with you as a manager, not with your people. Right. Okay. So it's, it's getting back to what, what you can do, I guess it's owning it's owning the problem yourself, isn't it? Rather than making it about them. Yes. So, yes. And, and also I think the, a lot of recruiters, especially those that are newer in the industry are just in situations where they just haven't been in this situation before. They don't know how to work. They might not know how to, call people for a crisis, you know, or actually speak to a client that isn't about a vacancy or whether they're recruiting. Uh, and so it's, it's helping them. It's trying to dig down and understand what's wanting, what's stopping them doing the job that they want to do. Well, here's the beauty of working, working um, the way we are right now. It's very easy to take a junior recruiter and 
bring them in, dial them into a call with a client, let them listen to it, let them learn from it. Yeah. A lot of the conversations right now are, are different conversations. It's not, it's not about, uh, Hey, are you, are you looking to hire? It's, Hey, how are you surviving? How can we help? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, other things that you can do, yes, we've got the emotional check-in, but we've also got a book club in the company. Um, where once a month we, we get together and discuss a book that is pre-agreed upon. Um, we, uh, we have meetings for the various departments in the company, so talent management, account management, business development. They have a weekly check-in meeting. Um, we've got, uh, you know, we carry on with our monthly reviews. We carry on with our quarterly reviews. Yeah. Um, it's... It's a lot of keeping close to two people, but not, hey, are you doing your work? But, hey, how can I help you in this situation? What are your challenges right now? How can yeah. we overcome them together? Okay, great. Well, well, Constanti, I know we're at 8.15, which is 9.15 CET, and that's the time for your coffee chat, isn't it? It is indeed. So. Great. So I'm going to say thank you very much. You've been fantastic. I'm sure everyone can find you on LinkedIn. I know you post... Uh, some great videos about the world of work and the world of recruiting. Uh, please send my best to the team because they're a fantastic bunch. And uh, thank you very much again for, uh, for being part of uh, the Recruiting Gyms podcast. 